The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, January 14th, 2018, season 14, episode number 112. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And yeah, it's one of those days. It's that day following the playoffs, following a playoff loss when uh, everything just kind of comes crashing to a halt. Uh, Cowboys lose to the Rams 30-22 to out in L.A., and uh, we're going to break down for you guys for the next hour what we think happened in that game, why the Cowboys are now sitting outside the playoffs. Uh, we might even get into a little bit of talk on uh, some, uh, I don't know if it was news, but uh, something Jason Garrett had to say this morning about the offensive coordinator, which I think is a big topic right now for fans. Uh, but let's start first with that game. And let's go around the table. I know there were a lot of things that went wrong for the Cowboys. I want each of you to tell me which do you think what, what do you think was the biggest problem um, for Dallas in the game against the Rams. Let's start with you, Nick. Well, I'm going to steal everyone's then and say that they couldn't stop the run. That was the biggest problem. And they obviously couldn't run the ball, but they, they couldn't stop the run at all. I had no answers for it. And they, they, their defensive line, as good as they've played all year, they did not show up in that game. And that's too bad because it was a great opportunity for them to really show what kind of hot boys that they were and have been all year. And they didn't stop the run. They didn't even touch golf at all. They couldn't get any pressure. Um, and it was brought to my attention, and I don't know if I believe this, first drive of the game, two offsides, almost maybe changed their aggressiveness a little bit. I mean, it seemed like a bit that they didn't do anything on that side of the ball all game. Yeah, I think you can extend that as well to the linebackers too. I thought yep. the whole front seven kind of no-showed in this game. Um, yep. You know, we talked a lot before the game about misdirection and pre-snap motion and all the, you know, the play fakes the Rams like to use, and they did it. And I'm positive the Cowboys spent the whole week preparing for it, but, man, it didn't look like it. Uh, they couldn't get pressure on Goff. They couldn't stop the run. Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch looked like first- and second-year players for the first time all season, really. Um, yeah, not a good game by really anybody in the front seven. Although I will – I mean, and certainly that's the story of this game. Uh, the Cowboys' defense has been the one thing you could hang your hat on for most of the year. But, you know, uh, the inability of the offense to really keep themselves on the field to help the defense with that problem is is equally important. I mean, one of 10 on third down, especially as good as they've been since they traded for Amari Cooper, you know, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I know they were top five in the league in third down conversion percentage after they traded for Cooper, one of 10. Uh, that's that's pretty bad too. So those are the two things that really stand out to me. Okay, Amber? Well, again, just a run overall both team one that could run the other one that couldn't uh it's amazing to me to see that the Cowboys were only able to rush the ball 50 yards three of them being Dak 47 of them being Zeke the the fact that we've seen this happen before to where as soon as defenses take away the running game for the Cowboys they they don't really find the answers of how to uh, make it happen. And Dak, I thought he threw the ball a few times. He he had some nice shots there, 
but it just wasn't enough. And he got 266 yards in the passing game. But at the end of the day, they just can't. They can't find the solution as soon as defense take away their yeah. running game. You know, I, I, I just think in, in what she just said about they took away the run, and that's what I was in the press conference, and Jason Garrett said, you know, they, they just stopped our run and that they were committed to it. And that's fine, but it's just, you know, Dak, is, it's, it's frustrating for fans I, because on one game you're like, wow, what, what an un- unbelievable performance against Seattle. He was great. And he was great at times or really good at times against the Rams, but, like, if they're taking away your run, you, you've got to be able to, to beat them. And he couldn't and they couldn't. And so it, it's just frustrating. Something has definitely got to change there. So when we get to that other topic you've got that you alluded to, I, I, I'd like to comment on that. Let me ask a question, though, about that. <laughs> uh, well, there's a lot to go into. I mean, <laughs> but I think that when you, when you start talking about them, you know, they were committed to stopping the run. My, the first thought that comes to my mind is this is a conversation that, that goes all the way back to training camp. We all talked about the fact that, guess what, guys? If you're going to roll out yeah. there without a number one wide receiver – Teams are going to try to stop you. And what did they say? They said, we've been facing eight, nine-man fronts. Zeke said, we've been facing eight, men, eight nine-man fronts till, since I've been here. My thought is, if, if that's what they knew, and if that's what they always said, we can still run against that, are we starting to see now, and I don't even want to say starting to see, did we see this year and it become very apparent that this team doesn't have the offensive line that it once had that could maybe press the issue when teams said, we're definitely going to put eight, nine men in the box. We're going to be committed to stopping the run. And the Cowboys would say, we're still going to run. Have they now been shown they cannot do that with how they are currently constructed? Yes. I mean, well, whether or not they want to accept that is a different question. But yes, <laughs> they've been shown that. Uh, that's, I, wow. that's I said that yesterday. Um this team still calls plays and runs its offense, in my opinion, at least, as if they have the 2014 or 2016 line. And Not they, just plays, but the play, the one you're talking about. Fourth down. Fourth down. Fourth and a very long one. That's this, this, And I, I, we've said it till we're blue in the face. Sorry if we're repeating ourselves. I, I have, at least. Is, uh, this, this team, Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan, the Cowboys, whoever you want to pin it on, their whole thing is like, well, we're just going to do us and execute as well as possible. We're not, we're like, we're going to line up and we're going to beat you, except that that hasn't worked for them, especially in those obvious types of situations. It's not all their fault. Nobody could have predict, predicted that Travis Frederick would come down with an autoimmune disease, et cetera, et cetera. The point still remains. This offensive line is not the just jaw dropping dominant unit that it was in previous playoff runs. And, they have not adjusted to that fact. It's I not. It's, it's not. But you can you can still do things with them, and you've seen them being able to. Yes. So, and again, there are certain plays that happen throughout the game that I thought were good, but missed opportunities. There were okay, the Blake Jarwin one where he was just completely open, um, and he got the ball. Do you remember that one? Um, really. The point is, they can get certain guys to be open. Beasley where he had a nice play, and for some reason he, he didn't execute it to where he turned and uh, caught the ball. Dak just threw it at him, and it seemed like the ball was intended to just go to seek. Um, sorry, Beasley. Beasley on that play. And it's just the connecting parts. It just, they're just not always on the same rhythm. And I believe, the, yes, they're not, the O-line is not at the level we once saw them, but at the same time, 
you can accomplish things. Okay, you're right about that. Yeah, that's a, I, I completely agree. You with can you do it, record. but it's it's a complete arrogance and it, or delusional or whatever. It's like Steph Curry, as great as you are at shooting, don't go in there and try to dunk on on Shaq. That's not what you do. If every play he was just going into the paint and trying yeah, to dunk. Quit like, acting like like you, you can do that. that. Why do you think? Oh, I see you. I see Donald. I see you, Sue. I see all that stuff. We're gonna run it right at you. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I actually, when I did those five plays, if they won the game, I was going to put that fourth and one way early in the game when they went right at him and they got it and then Cooper got the penalty and all that stuff. But that almost was like, we got this. We're going to go right at you. Well, it happened later on a full yard, and they said, yeah. we're just going to run over you because we got Connor Williams. And that's not to say – And Looney and, and Zach Martin. Apparently, Zach Martin played pretty bad too. I will – and. I don't. I don't think they were horrible by any stretch of the imagination. Dak only was sacked once. I thought. I mean, Aaron Donald didn't register. That was a weird. That, that was go ahead. Great play by we Collins. Can, we can talk about that. But <laughs> I thought Connor Williams held up pretty well. Like, and that's the point. Like, this is not a bad offensive line, but it ain't the Great Wall of Dallas. And to just line up on a to quote Jason Garrett on a long one and just plow right at him is maybe it's just not the best idea. And and, and the. Equally frustrating part was they had a great play call for a similar situation because they used it five minutes later when the game was gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, get your quarterback moving. Sean McVay made a great call as well, like misdirection, multiple options, play action, give your quarterback a chance to do two things in one play. Uh, or even it's something as simple, how about motioning your wide receiver across the formation every time you run the ball, not giving it to him, and then on a crucial third down, you do, and he gets nine yards. Like, Stuff like that. Stuff that we haven't seen from the Cowboys all year. Uh, And straight up, they thought, or I don't know this for sure, but they certainly appeared to think that they could just line up and run it however they wanted, and it's not true. Let me ask you this. Do you think that because, and obviously Garrett made it clear that they were committed to stopping the run, that, that the Rams are committed to stopping the Cowboys' run, are you at all surprised that the Cowboys didn't take an approach um, or should they have taken an approach um, that maybe they should just start throwing it a, a lot more? And the reason why I say that is because we did know, we did see, I know it was the end of the season, but we did see in that New York Giant game, they went in that game and they were aggressive offensively with the passing game. That would suggest to me that maybe it might have built a certain level of confidence with them. You would think mm-hmm. that kind of success could, that you maybe say, hey, we know they're committed to running the ball. Let's at least show them that we'll go at them with the passing game and then we can come back to our run once we get them to back off a little bit but are you surprised they didn't take that that strategy yeah and and I no excuses i don't think they were they were really that um they weren't as healthy as they have been and this again this is not an excuse but you know Beasley and Jarwin didn't practice all week didn't know if they were going to play and 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 does it matter you know well yeah i think so Beasley's running across the field and there's a ball thrown right at him he doesn't even know it's there i mean they were off and so i think that kind of limited them a little bit and also they only got sacked once but we all we know that that clock has got to be a little bit less in Dak's head because they do bring the heat i mean there there were it was a fight every single snap um but there there were some things that, that they could have done and for sure and and i agree with you dave about what watch what the rams did that's what Tavon was supposed to bring it doesn't even have to be him just somebody faking it across and 
they they just get away from it and it's, they don't do it. I feel like I never saw Tavon. Like yeah. I know it was hard to watch the game from where we were seating. <laughs> sitting, sitting, or standing. It sucked. The press box sucked. Whoever but, we're talking to got a much better view than what we. Got. Yes, yes. But from the very little I got to watch, I feel like I never really saw Tavon do anything. No, because he didn't, and and that's, and that's that's very very unfortunate and disappointing. Like it, it's ridiculous. Honestly. Nick Nick said they got away from it. I they True. never. Started. I meant I meant at I, training camp. I, I, yeah, you're right. Training camp. Yeah, they got away from, <laughs> they, from training. They got away from it after training camp. Um, you looked good at training camp. It's I I'm I'm reluctant to say I can hear I can hear the Dak haters lining up on me already. I'm reluctant to say that they need to just be back in the shotgun chucking it because that's not Dak's game. Like. He, you're probably you're probably not as as highly as I think of him. You're probably not going to win a game if he's just back there throwing fifty times. And that's not just because of where he is as a quarterback, but you're also limiting the best player on your offense, Ezekiel Elliott, in that situation. I mean, I know you can throw him the ball, but you still you are limiting him by not leaning on the run game. I just think you need to be more creative in the way you try to execute that so, so you don't think it's necessarily a situation where you have a problem with the cowboys relying on the running game as their primary thing they do you if think that's just, a problem you have to be more consistent with or you have to be more creative in how you do it they built the team to run the ball so if they can't if that's not a viable way to win games then they're kind of screwed mm-hmm. um so no and and it's worked like they've won They've had three winning seasons in a row leaning on the run game. And even when Tony Romo was here, 2014 was all about the run. As you know, as many great plays as he and Des made, it was all about the run. So no, I I don't I think it's a viable strategy, but But that's that's why viable, have. but still a viable strategy. We just said earlier that you don't think the offensive line is the well, same caliber of what it which, was. So is it still a viable a viable strategy if the offensive line doesn't play up to a certain level? Yes. But you just you're gonna come up against opponents that can make you uncomfortable and make you have to adapt. And I would argue Jason Garrett's whole thing is like, well, we're not gonna adapt. We're gonna do us. Like we're just not executing. And I I don't believe that. I don't. I because you will all there will always in life. Forget football in life. Like you're gonna fail. Like you, that's just gonna happen. And you have to change up. I mean, the this thing team about doesn't it is do that. when you look at when you look at the four teams that are remaining in the playoffs you would say all four of them are extremely creative in how they run their offenses. I mean, you look at all of Andy Reid out in Kansas City. You look at, obviously, Belichick in in New England. But you look at Sean Payton in New Orleans. You look at uh, Sean McVay out in uh, with the Rams. Like, that's what the NFL is. And that doesn't mean – and I'm I'm a big believer in the fact that you can win in the NFL with running and good defense. But I think that the thing you have to do is if you're going to do that, you can't line up and just run the power – you know, power – run the ball the whole game like that's just that doesn't I don't know that that would work over an entire season and certainly once you get to the playoffs where you're playing everybody's good every team is good I don't know that you can line up like that and expect to get that yeah. level of 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 consistency and be able to win when teams say hey we know exactly what you're going to do and if we know exactly what you're going to do we can stop you exactly <laughs> and when you have other teams that are the opponents and they're studying what you do they know what you do they've seen throughout the season that you don't really get creative. You don't really give them any surprises. This is exactly what you do, and we're going to take it out. Now, what are you left to do? If you have a quarterback, I mean, that's the point of having a quarterback, to throw the ball. So if they take away your running game, you should be able to figure it out 
and throw the ball and make it happen somehow. This is this is more about the it's the Dallas defense, but I think it fits within the larger narrative. Did y'all see the quotes coming out of the Rams locker room? I mean, you know, like we could tell based on how Collins was shaded what they were going to do. Based, I mean, if he's over here and his hand is placed this way, we know what they're doing. Like that's that's not encouraging. And I, like I said, that's the defense, but it just goes to show you. This team can be really, really good when they're firing on all cylinders and you can't deal with it. But when you are ready for it and you can stop it, then they don't they don't have a plan B. Basically, but that, yeah, ever. and that is the larger narrative because it's not just the offense, it's the defense. And so that comes down to just the overall um, I don't know if it's just the message, but it's the overall strategy of what they at least preached publicly publicly, which is nameless, faceless opponent. We don't adjust to them, we do what we do, and that's good enough. And and maybe that just doesn't work. Maybe you have to again. If you look at the the most successful strategy in the NFL over the last twenty years, I don't think anybody doubts it's been the Patriots. And what do they do every single game? Every single game, they have a different strategy. They morph their offense and their every year to fit whoever they're going to play. And that's why they have to have versatile, smart players. But they do it, and that's how they're so successful. Is and and not everybody can. Nobody's been able to replicate it. But the fact is, that's a complete opposite strategy of what is publicly said here. Well, I mean, you're right about that. You said nameless, faceless opponent. Well, you think that if if Aaron Donald lines up here or he lines up over here, that it doesn't really matter? Just block him? I mean, I remember back in the 80s when Lawrence Taylor was lining up. I mean, that was the first thing you had to do was figure out where he is. And when you have dynamic players, and they have more than one, you have to do that. So you can't just just say, it doesn't really matter. We're going to block, you know, next man up. Doesn't matter. Connor Williams, block it, whatever. I mean, it, it didn't it didn't work, and and you had to get them on the move, get away from their best guy, and it, it's just like I said, it's kind of an arrogance. It's kind of this. Mm, I'm getting I'm getting upset. Don't, I, no, don't, I was don't sad. I was sad after the game. I was disappointed, but now that we're discussing it and just well, fans talking about it, now yeah. I'm getting fans I'm, are pissed right now based off of the story we put out an hour ago. Oh well, yeah, they're pissed. We'll get into we'll that. What, let's later. take a break. Let's take a break and let's come back and we'll, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, there was an art. I mean, I'm not an article. There was a uh, a, a phone interview that Coach Garrett did today uh, with 105.3 The Fan, where he did mention that uh, it looks like he expects the offensive coordinator to return. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. If you're like me and you love, I mean, if you have a thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract, just. Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVnow.com. DirecTV now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, renews monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 and less canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. You want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right. News and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers secrets stories and more what's steven jones thinking during a game what's joe looney's favorite pregame meal we take your questions to cowboys players and coaches and you can hear the answers directly back to you just say alexa open dallas cowboys star sports tours is the only official fan travel partner of the dallas cowboys offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players alumni and cheerleaders that's not all though you'll get to talk 
X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. To the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of the break live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about the Cowboys' loss to the Rams. Uh, playoffs are done for the Cowboys for this season. They'll start over again. Actually, in another week, it all starts over because Senior Bowl starts up next week. Here we Keep go. People, people all day yesterday were like, "We're gonna, we're gonna miss you guys." No, they were like, "We're, we're gonna miss all y'all." Like everything you do, I'm like, "We're not going anywhere." It draft show starts Thursday. Senior Bowl's Monday. I'm, Cowboys are coaching in the Pro Bowl, so I'm positive somebody's going to that. No doubt. Is that you? Yep. Awesome. Be I'll be there. there. Yeah. So there's be. I mean, there will be stuff. Obviously, that's the NFL. It all flips over so fast. We are literally a month and a week, I think, from the combine. So the, this thing starts over and it gets moving. The NFL quickly. has done. I, I think they're idiots about a lot of things, but they have done a masterful job of making sure that they're never out of the spotlight ever. So anyway, all right. So let's let's talk about this this comment that Jason Garrett made um, on a, a radio program that he uh, in radio interview he had a little earlier this morning. He was talking to the guys over at uh, 105.3 The Fan here in Dallas, and uh, he mentioned he was asked about uh, Coach Linehan and said that his expectation is that Coach Linehan will be back. Uh, my question for you guys is: Do you think that is accurate? And if yes or no, tell me if you think it's the right thing. Let's start with you, Amber. <laughs> well, first of all, I believe that's what he should say as a head coach. I mean, right now, given the situation, what else could you possibly say? You you, you don't necessarily call all of the shots, you know? You have to have meetings and talk to the managers and, and the family and all that stuff and, and have it figured out. But should he be back? Uh, probably not. And it just breaks my heart because it, there's a difference. Like, the thing is... Now Amber decides to be nice. No, 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 no. Hold on. It, it breaks my heart because we see these people. Yeah. We talk to them. People losing their jobs that, is never good. Right, right. And and then, you know, they're nice people. Linehan is such a nice guy. Always a smile on his face. Very polite. Very respectful. But then you have to put that aside and look at the, the business part of it and see how this season turned out. And as far as that, and we talked about the relationship with the quarterback. The quarterback is not changing. Dak is not going anywhere. I don't think so, at least. So that that would be the biggest change that you have to make is change the offensive coordinator. Dak needs somebody else that could really 
get the full potential out of him. And I don't think the best match is Linehan. That, so. He's not coming back. I'm, that's just going to, that's just what I believe 100%. I just don't think he will be the offensive coordinator. I don't care what Garrett said. I know J- Stephen Jones has, has said something here recently in the last. We'll have Dave minutes. read those, Dave those can comments. Read it, yeah. Which, yeah. That that kind of helps my point a little bit. You know, he kind of answered it differently, and I think it's more important. Sorry, Jason, but I think just what Steven says is more important than Jason because I think they ultimately will make that decision. Right. Um, I just don't think there's any way. And I've said this, and in, in, in fairness to Scott, I don't believe Dak is a is a great quarterback for his system. What he calls open sometimes is not what Dak is his strong suit is. I don't think they're a good marriage together, and I think that it's time to go because. He has called some plays this year that should have been better plays, and they're not. It's just a different – this this system was supposed to be for Tony Romo and this offense, and it's worked pretty good at times, but I, I don't think that they're good together, and they got to make a change, and I think they will. And when you're picking out of those two, you're sticking yeah, with the you're quarterback. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's a lot – well, for, first of all, our friend, our friend Jeff Cavanaugh with the fan, which God bless the Cowboys because it's like the only team in the league where like – the owners and the general managers talk three times a week and the coach talks. So Jason, get a lot of access. Jason Garrett had his interview this morning. Steven Jones follows it up three hours later and he says no comment on anything with the coaching staff, but they need to take a deep look at why they fell short. It's a little early to spec about speculate about players and coaches, which well, yeah, it's never too early it's, around well, here. It's never too early. Let that's first of all. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, Hey, this is they're They got to go coach the pro bowl, which is like, I, Obviously, I'm sure nobody with the Cowboys organization wants the Eagles in the NFC title game, but I wonder if maybe they were like, eh, it would be nice if the Saints could go coach this Pro Bowl and let us take care of our stuff. So, it's, no, no, let the Cowboys do their coaching. Stuff. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the let day, let the Cowboys do their coaching. At the end of the day, you're I think right. everybody was happy to see. The <laughs> yeah, because yeah. now I can just enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Like I don't have to worry about. Like, right. I really it's hate this team. I prefaced being it, but. Point being, it's it's just kind of a weird situation. So I agree with Amber. I don't I don't think there's really much else Jason Garrett can say because if he says anything else, then there's even more speculation about his dead lame duck offensive coordinator that he basically just fired. So and Stephen can say that by the way. Stephen can say it more in yes. that kind of way. And if it becomes news, it becomes news. He doesn't have to go into the coach's meeting room with like Jason does, and then have to look the guy in the eye if he doesn't happen to leave. Right, right. which. So I weigh all of that at the same time. Like, I think there's not a lot. So I don't believe, I don't believe Garrett. I don't believe that that means anything. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised by any result because we all were sitting here last year saying the same stuff. Like we thought the whole freaking staff was going to get fired last year. And not only did that not happen, but they elevated. Everybody stayed and got promotions too. So nothing would surprise me at this point. And I Honestly, would be kind of surprised if they knew for sure. I, I mean, we're we're two days out of this thing, you know. Uh, so, I I don't know what to think. I I would not be surprised if if Scott Linehan came back. I would not be surprised if he was replaced. Um, I would I would trend toward replacing him. I think twenty one points per game. As much as much as they improved after Amari Cooper, it wasn't substantially. They fin- they scored they averaged twenty two points a game after they did that trade. I looked this up today. They scored thirty points in three games, which ties them for like tenth tenth worst in the league. Like the only teams that did worse than that in terms of scoring points are all miserable. Like they're bad, bad teams. Do you guys give 
Linehan, the offensive coaches, any any uh, any any leeway for the fact that there were a couple things that were just kind of unexpected that hit them this year that they had to manage. First being, obviously, they lost Jason Witten when they didn't expect Jason Witten was not going to be playing for them. Right. Then they lost Travis Frederick when they didn't expect they would be losing him. Uh, do you give them any amount of leeway for that and say, well, maybe this was just these were unforeseen circumstances, and for half the year they didn't have a number one wide receiver, which I don't think was was cert- I don't think that was something that was I wouldn't put on the coaches. I think that was a situation where they knew Dez wasn't going to be here. I think they didn't have the opportunity to get a number one receiver. Un- Wait, no, no. Listen okay. to what I'm saying. Okay. They actually went out in the in the offseason and were trying to sign a number one wide receiver, which is questionable. I know you and I have had this conversation as to whether you really think he's a number one or not. But the fact is they didn't get him. And so I think they really just kind of said, this is what we're left with. We're going to have to deal with it. We'll have to get a number one receiver yeah. next year. So we just got to make it work. The opportunity became available to get Cooper. That's when they get him. All that being said, there's a lot of stuff there that happened. Do you give them any leeway for that? No. Okay. Um, first of I mean, they deserve a ton of credit for recognizing what was wrong. They went out and got Amari Cooper. They put themselves in that hole. Whether the coaches are part of it, whether I, I don't care. Like that's they spent all offseason selling that as like they, you know, the the guy, the meme on Twitter where the guy taps his brain, they're like, Oh, we don't need a number. Like they thought they were but we've talked about that. Super do smart think, for doing that. Do you that. think they really believe that? Because I don't. I think they that was what they were selling publicly. I don't think they really believe they didn't need a number one receiver. This then that all goes back to and I you know I get it relationships play a big part of that but they didn't have to get rid of Des Bryant in their minds maybe they did oh. maybe they thought that this was a situation where hey, we, I, he wasn't providing for them they what, we're getting in the weeds here yeah. we are we absolutely they, are they didn't give I don't think that they set Jason Garrett up for failure but they didn't give him the opportunities to go win they really didn't that they, they didn't replace Des with anybody they didn't even use his money for anything they had a chance to get Earl yeah. Thomas they decided to go with the Connor Williams and play him that just tells you how much you know they're going to go with the young team they they didn't do anything uh, they couldn't do anything really at tied in when they lost Witten they didn't go get a veteran presence the only reason they got Cooper that and, and I don't care what they say they did not say anything about turning this around every time you asked them they said he's 24. Yep. So that it's means the they got this for the future. And someone else is going to coach them. Well, lo and behold, they make a turnaround. But I don't give them any pass for, for the offense because they don't do the things they need to do to win. And this is a stat I told you about, Amber, earlier about Dak. I mean, they don't run him. He, when he runs, they have success. I went and looked this up. When he gets two carries or less this year, 0-4. When he gets... Four carries or less, they're like one and, and five or something like that. And then when he gets six or more, it's like ten and two. <laughs> run oh. the ball with him. That's what he does. He's an extra running back. So run him. That's what he does. Use him to his strengths. Okay, so do you think this last game at least, I know that this isn't for the whole season, but do you think this last game at least, them not using it maybe has something to do with the knee? No. No. All right. He didn't look like he was having issues. Yeah. I mean, no, and, uh, and, and again, I'm not saying it was yeah, or yeah. wasn't. I'm just saying that this he was on the injury report this yeah. week, and he did have a knee injury. And he didn't run. There was times where he was out there open and and, and the and, you know about there right. to throw it, and he forced it in there and didn't run. There were some times where he didn't run. Of course, but and I'll believe that I would if if they had been running him throughout the season and using yeah. that quality. Yes. But the, I would not use the knee thing. That's right. They like I mean how many games where that was just a non-factor right. so no and he's a freaking warrior anyway so yeah. 
knee or no knee, he would have done what needed to be done. Uh, going back to your other point, something something unforeseen and crazy happens every year to every team. It it like it's not an excuse. That's yeah. the NFL. The Atlanta Falcons are probably sitting there right now saying, if we don't lose Deion Jones and Keanu Neal for most of the season, we're in the playoffs. Like we had this great offense, blah, 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 Julio, Ridley. But guess what? You Lost lose running back too. Yeah. You lose you lose your two Pro Bowl defenders and the whole thing changes. Like that's that's the league. Uh so and and, it, I, and, and Joe Looney played great in place of I mean, mm-hmm. when that happened. I, I was like, Ugh, this season sank fast. Well, I mean, and I don't mean that as disrespect to Joe Looney, but Travis Frederick's a hard guy to replace. I thought Joe Looney is one of the most unsung success stories of the entire year. So no, I don't. I don't want to hear that. Honestly, yeah. They they actually got um I, when you think about what you're saying, the guys get hurt all the time. I mean, and when when you think about injuries, season ending stuff. I mean, the one to, to Frederick was 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 tough, but Looney stepped up and played well. Hearns. They lost Hearns way late in the year, and he wasn't a, a much of a factor anyways. I mean, they didn't really have those guys. And, and we thought, though, when Sean Lee went out, we thought, oh, here we go again. And then it actually opened the door for Van Der Esch to play as well as he did throughout the year. But they they didn't have a lot of those major injuries. But I, I mean, think they, they were very lucky this year. And when you look at it, yes, they didn't have a tight end. Way. Just overall with the talent they have. And, and yes, the tight end position that was a problem, and then having the number one wide receiver that was a problem. But you're saying they were lucky to get to the playoffs. That I think she's saying they're lucky in terms of not a whole lot went wrong lot for them between exactly one, week when one you look 16. at things that could have gone wrong as far as the people they have on the whole team, whether it's on the defense or offensive side of the ball, they they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent, and I think they. They could have done a lot more, and we saw the changes that happened once Amari got here. But even then, there's a lot of things that had you done differently, coaching wise, and like calling certain plays and stuff, you could have done uh, better. And most likely, we would be talking about the next game. Here. I mean, let's. I'm, I'm. This is all off the top of my head. Seventeen, your left tackle has his worst injury problems ever. Sean Lee, you can kind of see that coming, so that doesn't even count. Um, Zeke, I mean Zeke's whole situation last year, which when we went to when we went to training camp, that that that, that seemed like ludicrous to think yeah, that, that wasn't even in the was not was I mean not in the that was the yeah. thing. Like I, I'll straight up admit it. Like people kind like people would tweet me and be like, "I'm hearing whispers that Zeke is in trouble." And I'd be like, "What are you talking about?" No, didn't see that coming. At we all. were shocked when we got the news. Like, what? They just, yeah. they, Sixteen. They said, what? You yeah. lose your starting quarterback in the third preseason game. They handled it beautifully. Still, could didn't see it coming. I guess you could argue based on fifteen, which again lose your starting quarterback in week two. Fourteen. Sean Lee, a much younger Sean Lee, gone before the season even starts. Um, thirteen. Something happened in thirteen. If I had, oh, it happens every year. Romo got hurt at the end of the year. Yeah, that was all the way in week sixteen, though. But yeah, I mean, but it, it happened. Big time to get hurt. Yeah, bad time to get hurt, Tony. Yeah. But You're right about that. Every single year, it happens to every you know, single team. You know, and the a lot of people want to blame Garrett as well. You know, Garrett Linehan. I mean, there's a lot more angst towards Linehan than than Garrett. But I mean. This this is one of the youngest teams that has ever made it to the playoffs. I mean, we saw that stat the other day about 
they don't have a, a starter over 30. And it's the first time in, what, 31 years an NFL team made it to the playoffs without a regular starter over 30. I mean, that's that just goes to show what kind of young team this is. I think it was impressive what they did and turned things around. Again, I don't think if Dak is your guy, I don't think this offense is the right for him. And and no disrespect to Linehan, he's been a good coach over, over his time as an offensive coordinator, but not in this setting. They need something different, better, they need something fresh. And I, I, I just do not believe he will be back. There's no way you can do it. The fan well, base is not going to tolerate it. No, I, they will. They'll tolerate it. You'll tolerate it. Sorry. You have no Because you don't have any choice. No. Like, at the end of the day, the, the but, fans can't make the call. If the fans can make the call, a lot of things yeah. would be different, but they can't. I agree with everything you just said, except I, I cannot rule out the possibility that nothing changes because of everything you just said. Right. Turn around from three and five to, you know, they finish 11 and seven. They make the playoffs. They win a playoff game. No starters under 30. Third youngest team in the league. Damn near every important piece coming back. I can but see. You're not balanced. You're not absolutely. balanced. You had to lean on your defense. Which, when your defense got, got gashed, game over, season over. You we saw that happen twice balanced. this year. And in both those situations, they were not even. Complete. Their offense never really carried them. Yeah, once. Not once. What game? Maybe. I mean Jacksonville, but the defense played great in that. Seven game. points. Yeah. Maybe the Giants game when you know. Yeah. Week but the defense failed you twice. Yeah. Like legitimately failed you twice Which, this year, and they got drummed in those games. Allow yeah. me to clarify. To drumming. Allow me to clarify. I am not making that argument. I do I not believe what I'm saying. <laughs> but in the but I have to say it in the hypothetical in the are in the scenario I'm imagining where Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones are having this discourse. This is what Jason Garrett is saying. He's like, look what we did with the team we had. We'll only be better. I don't believe that, but. I can see you're, the argument. You're right about the Pro Bowl. This this has to be bad for them because without it's terrible it, timing. coaching the Pro Bowl, without it, you do things what you want to do, and you don't have a timetable on when you have to make a call. They can immediately start actually doing yeah. the reevaluations but, of what went wrong, what went right, and making but that. Now you have to make the call. Is this guy going with us or not? Yeah. Which, and, and, and even if he goes with you, that doesn't mean that it it's doesn't. done. It just, uh, just puts everything oh, off, right? Scott Linehan, could see, he could go out and spend the week in Orlando and coach the Pro Bowl and talk to every media member that's out there, and it doesn't mean anything to me. It, does, like, it doesn't mean anything until probably... Yeah. If after the like gonna, if, if nothing has changed a week after the Super Bowl's <laughs> over, then then I start to think like, okay, this is yeah, just Dave, where we're at. Dave and I are going to have some fun conversations. I think when you're in Mobile and there's Steven. Yeah. There's <laughs> I'm going to talk to Steven, Jerry. and then you're going to take what we get from him and run it over to yeah, yeah to Jason. Yeah. And that'll be great. interesting. I'll tell you who I'm not going to go. It's going to be a fun week. I'm not going up to Rod Marinelli and asking him about retirement. <laughs> no, I wouldn't well, do that no. either. Doing that. And we'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit later. Real quick before we go to break, though, I do want to ask you guys about Kellen Moore because you were talking about how this offensive coordinator may not be the best for Dak. Does the question also come up, is his quarterback coach too inexperienced? And we've talked about that throughout the season. Is that one of the coaching yeah. positions where you look at it and you say, maybe there needs to be some evaluation here on whether he's the right fit at this moment. And I, I always want to be careful saying that doesn't mean I don't think at some point Kellen Moore can be a great quarterbacks coach, head coach, whatever he's going to aspire to be. Just with the lack of experience, do you need more experience in that room when you have no experience, well, literally little experience yeah. with all the quarterbacks that are actually in the room? Yeah. I mean, Dak has more experience. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's my point. Like a lot more. Shoot. A lot more experience. I Honestly, this is hard to say because we're not there to actually see what is being taught and what is not being taught. But honestly, I have no feeling of 
of just saying, yes, I saw Kellen Moore do something this year. I can't say that. And, and it's hard to evaluate that because, again, I, we're not I, in I the saw, room. And you I normally don't. I saw something just the other day for the first time. I had the binoculars on. That's one thing I could see was was right across me. <laughs> After the whole, it was a sack, Lyle picked him up, whatever. Whatever that, that ruling was, they had to hold Kellen Moore back from the sidelines. He was like, what, I don't know, going to charge the field and talk to the ref, whatever. They were <laughs> holding him back, and I was just like, Never seen that. Side I wish I would have seen that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would like I to can't see even that. Imagine he's like that. the most un. I mean, Garrett. Even Garrett was turned around like, oh, stop, Kellen. <laughs> just calm down over here. Hold he's it. like the most hold your horses healed guy here. Right. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him with no. it. Like even like even so. Dak gets fired up during games. Like I've never seen Kellen more fired up. <laughs> All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, I do want to hit a little bit on that topic you mentioned of of Rod Marinelli after the game. Oh sure, he was not very happy with some of the questioning. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the Crock-Pot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce. The Growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, tell us about oh, yeah. Tommy Jim. Thomas Jonathan. I won't be rapping or anything today. No poems for you. Just going to tell you about Tommy John. Um, All right, freedom it. it gives you. <laughs> I'm doing it on my own time. All right. 
true cowboy time. loves his freedom. Tommy John gives you that freedom. You know where to go. TommyJohn.com forward slash cowboys. You get 20% off your first order. We're talking about freedom like below the waist. You don't even feel like you have anything on. Love freedom. Aretha Franklin wrote a song about that. Freedom. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> this is what? So I'm thinking about this during the break. Like, when was the last time the Cowboys just had a January off where they didn't have some sort of obligation last after year. the season? They did. Was it last year? No, I looked nothing. Up. Oh, okay. Four out of five years though, they've coached. They're coaching. There's something. something. Pro, senior bowl, bowl, senior pro, bowl, bowl. pro Bowl, Pro Bowl, Senior Bowl, Pro Bowl, nothing. Yeah. Pro Bowl. Yeah, that'll happen when you can't get past the divisional round. <laughs> Man, all I did yesterday, I'm just talking my the Twitter verse. I just put out some news. The news is the Cowboys are covering or coaching the Pro Bowl. Okay? I'm <laughs> not saying lit up. Hey, look at this. Hey guys, Jason Garrett, what an accomplishment. Oh, this I is bet you got lit the up. way it works. It's it's <laughs> it's a the way the league sets it up, okay? If you're the highest seeded team to lose in the divisional round, you coach the Pro Bowl. It's the way it is. If the Saints would have lost, they coach it. Oh, I made a comment on one of my uh, our Periscope that I do with Brian. It's like about Chris Richard and getting some interviews for, you know, the head coaching. Oh, my God. This chick, she wanted to kill me. She's like, you're so stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, he's staying here. I'm like, dude, I'm just informing you of what is going on. This is just news. It's that, it's that time of year, man. Definitely. Oh, you should just hear the stuff. Like, well, it's the only time he'll be coaching in February. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I don't think the Pro Bowl's even in February. No. I, whatever. It but no, I hear you. Anyway. All right, Rod let's Marinelli. Talk about Rod Marinelli. Um, after the game, in our interesting setup to get post game interviews, uh, Rod Marinelli. Mar- 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 <laughs> Sound like go. me. Yeah. <laughs> was uh, he was he was not very pleased. There was a question that came from the media uh, that basically was asking him if if to uh, talk about a report that had come out that he was possibly going to retire. Um, and he basically yeah. said, look, don't don't put words in my mouth. Come ask me about it. I'm telling you I'm not going to retire. He, and, and he even took offense to it, I think, more because this is a situation where this is probably him looking at it like, I know I'm older, yeah. but I'm still. And he even mentioned, he said, when do you ever see me not having energy? When do you ever see me not having, you know, being able to really motivate my guys? Don't just because I'm older, yeah. don't make it seem like I, I'm, I'm I need to be put to pasture. I think he was in the wrong, honestly, in how he handled that. And I, I can you can say all you want to about after a game and and you know, it's not the right time to ask him the question. But but my retort to that would be when is when is the right time? You're not having any more press conferences. You sure weren't outside the locker room yesterday when it was trash bag day and everyone was leaving. You don't have another one. What are we going to wait till the pro at that point? We don't know if we're going to have to be at the Pro Bowl. So so there's a report out there, and he kept saying, ask me, ask me. Well, and that's exactly what she was doing, the reporter. And I thought she handled herself very, very Absolutely. well. She said, you know, we are asking you the question, and you've always been great to us. We're asking. There's a report. And I don't know if this is true or not. No one knows. The NFL Network is reporting it, so it's worth asking. And, you know, I mean, he's 69 years old. He's turning 70. That doesn't mean anything. It's just – Asking the question about this report, and I, and he he was mad because they gave up 273 rushing yards, and he, and I'm not I'm not faulting him. I'm just saying I I thought they did their job, and it just was. I'm a sure ba- he had a lot of emotions. Yeah, at that time, it's it just the it's the age through. it's the age old conundrum. And I mean, we got a job to do. It's important, and you outlined it perfectly. Like 
well within your right to ask the question, but it's just one of my least favorite things to do. It's a tough part of the job, especially in the playoffs. That's that's the third playoff loss that I've had to go in there and be part of that, and it's it always sucks. It does. Uh, Fourteen at Lambeau after the Des. That was Fiasco. the worst one in my opinion. worst. I mean, I've never seen Jason Witten like Jason Witten was, was barking at people yeah. just and you know. You start working toward this goal in February, and then it just screeches to us. It's, it's got to be one of the worst feelings in the world. Uh, Ty, yeah, Tyrone Crawford was like, it's exactly as difficult as I remember it being. And that re- like that resonated with me. I was like, yeah, I bet it is. So it's just a crappy situation because we, I mean, it's a fair question, but I get that he's not exactly in the mood to answer it. And Do you guys think it, that it maybe happens. this is also about the fact that all season he's heard the rumblings because everybody's talking about it. Chris Richard, Chris Richard, Chris Richard. He needs to be the defensive coordinator. Chris Richard. Do you think that maybe this is a part of that boiling over that he's like, why, why, why are you guys trying to push me out of the door? I'm not. It's not like I'm you know, not doing my job well. You know, and by the way, this, this defense point. that's playing really well, I still am the defense. And I'm speaking as yes. him. I still am the defensive coordinator yeah. of this. Oh, I may not call the plays, oh. but no, not me. I, I gotcha. think I was I got calling that. that game. I didn't call that game. <laughs> maybe some of the others. I didn't call that one. But maybe he's. Maybe that's a part of it for him, at least, that I, he still is the defensive coordinator, and he still is running this defense. Here, here's what the, iron, the ironic part of this is that when he got here, he was also the defensive coordinator without the title. If you remember, Monty yep. Kiffin was here as the coordinator, but eh, Marinelli was also doing Marinelli, uh, But Marinelli probably does a lot more than what Monty Kiffin was doing true, at the time. I'm true. just saying. But I, yes. I, I'm just saying <laughs> just, that— Just stab there. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they have to make a decision. I mean, there's teams that want Chris Richard. And now— just and people ask this question. Well, they, they don't, want, do they? On. They don't understand this rule, and I just yeah. want to get this part out. He is a he is the passing game coordinator, secondary coach. He, you can't block anybody from saying, "Hey, come be your uh, interview for a head coach." But nobody can say, "Hey, I want you to be our defensive coordinator," and think they're giving him a promotion. That doesn't work. The only time the Cowboys have to let him interview for anything is a head coach. So. I've heard that. I've got tweets from that. Like, what if somebody needs a defensive coordinator? That doesn't work. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're a quality control coach and they want to move you up four levels. You can't do it unless it's a head. Coach. And it sounds like all the head coaching positions that he had interviewed for and yeah. taken, they're, they're, they're still Dolphins. waiting. The Dolphins have not made a final. But they are wide. They're waiting, supposedly waiting for the linebackers coach from New England. As far as I understand, it's like a rubber stamp deal. Brian Flores or Flores? Flores, yep. Um, They're still in, so obviously they wouldn't make him their head coach until they were out, right? I will, and I think part of this, too, there was a report, but Rod said with his own mouth before the game, he's, I think the direct quote was like, I'll do whatever we have to do to to keep Richard here, which, I mean, so what does that mean? You're going to change titles? You're going to retire? So that just adds to the speculation, although. I don't think we really need to speculate at this point because I think every head coaching job is filled. What right? I think will Cincinnati happen. Oh, so you're right. Okay. Well, Cincinnati's waiting on the Rams guy. Yeah. So, so you got two positions right, open, two. but it's widely speculated that both those positions are going to be filled by guys. I think. Still what I, right if now. I had to guess, I think the Cowboys are going to take care of take care of Chris Richard one way or the other. I'm guessing so. But two they ways. don't have to worry about it anymore. Well, I, what I what I think coach. will happen is somebody's going to be the um, assistant head coach. Not that that really matters, but I mean, I, I think that that Titles help I sometimes. think that title, and I don't know if it'll be him or if it might be Marinelli as the assistant head I coach. I actually, I disagree with you. I think it absolutely matters to Chris Richard when it comes time for him to interview again well, next coach, year or in yeah. two years or yeah. whenever. Right. I mean, um, 
Because I was about to tell you uh, the wide receiver coach Jimmy something. I can't even remember his name. His name was Jimmy something, and he was our assistant head coach. And that just goes to show just well, how much. I mean, just a few years ago, just just to kind of make it, it work. It doesn't always matter, but yeah. I think it would matter to Chris right. just to have the title to take that to an interview and say, "I've done this. I've had this responsibility." Maybe Rod's the assistant head. It's coach. Po- yeah, and that's he's possible. The too. Defensive coordinator, sure. One way or another. And that's I think the thing you too. Do. Like as the assistant head coach, does that allow him the opportunity to address the team at different times? Does Jason say, "Okay, today you're going to be the one"? Oh, I like that. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I like that idea. But my, but my point is, yeah. like, there are things that I'm sure Jason can do to help prepare him for a head coaching job, that that may be something they can sweeten the pot. Kind of like Wade say, prepared hey, you're Jason. You're saying we're going <laughs> <we're gonna> to give you some <laughs> opportunities wow. here to well, do some things that head I can coaches hear, do, right? I can hear the applause from our listeners right now at that <laughs> that right there. <laughs> that might have made somebody. Well, I mean, think. you got to be made careful. Of, and they haven't, they haven't smiled since Saturday, but that made <laughs> But them you got to be careful when that happens yes. because, because that was happening. I mean, Jason Garrett was getting groomed to be the next head coach. I remember exactly. Who was grooming him? That, I remember exactly was it or was it where I was standing in that corner of that long hallway that leads down to scouting. I was standing there thinking, this is going to end in an odd way, because if he is supposed to be the coach, what fires Jason Garrett? Is it going to be lack of offense? I mean, is it going to be a just bad defense? I mean, it's going to be real weird to fire him and bring Garrett in. And it was, and it, it happened. And oh well, I don't know if say it worked, but I'm just saying next year football is really weird that way because start you know this will it'll all get settled. They'll sign their free agents and their draft picks, but in like in March and April. This this team will be whole, and Jason Garrett can start his team meetings, and they're going to all start pulling in one direction and rowing the boat, boat toward the you know another season. But real quick, at this time of year when it's all over, the knives come out like it's it's every man for himself. I mean, you know, it's like musical chairs. Jason, like, they're gonna, there's only going to be one. Like somebody's going to get left out. So. Jason Garrett is probably th- not right now, but just. In the long, like Jason Garrett's got a side eye at Chris Richard. Like I, I see you over there, and you know, and Cole. I think I'll see you. Cole Beasley's like, I'm getting the hell out of here. Like, or you know, I mean, this is all hypothetical, but just it's it's every man for himself when the season's over, and then you take a couple months Nicole and you clean his reorganize his team. Like you know, you can always tell like what guys what they leave behind. With suggesting how much they expect to be back or yeah. not, right? Yeah, I'm mean, like Bryce Butler last year took the cake in terms of just he's like deuces, I'm right. gone. Yeah, and you know there's he's in the team picture this year. Yep. So. Th- well, yeah. Ironically, he <laughs> wasn't. Arm. Hey, when when can I? No, that was him. Can I ask a question? When can I talk about Earl Thomas again? Okay. Talk about Earl Thomas. We'll give you about five minutes. We got that left on the show. Talk about Earl Thomas. Well, you know, Chris Richard being here would, would help, um, I think. And so you do, do you really think that he is a target for the Cowboys this offseason? I think he should be. Um, no, I, no, no that's not, that wasn't my question. Do you think he will be? Yeah. Okay. I think he should be. Um, <laughs> no, I, I do think he will. Because you've been thinking he should be for a long time yeah. now. Well, I mean, you know, you always remember the last game. And I, I mean, Xavier Woods and Jeff Heath, they played pretty well this year. They didn't play a great game at the end. I mean, nobody did on defense. Nobody had a great game. But I, I think you can see just a guy that can make some kind of play, get an interception, you know, catch a tip ball, do do something, have some leadership there. And I, he said he wanted to be here. I think he still does. I think Chris Richard would help with that. Now, is he going to come back from the injury? Well, I'm. I think it might lower his price a little bit. I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. I, I, you know what? He could be the Charles Haley 
to this team. I really believe. Ooh. I mean, think about it. You had a good young team, but they need somebody. And I'm sorry, Demarcus Lawrence. I love Demarcus Lawrence, but you need to play better than that. That in, in the game with the game on the line, you've got to be better than that. Yeah. That, the interesting thing about that is you need it, it's some some games that you'll come across. Playoff games tend to be like that sometimes, where you need somebody. Everybody on the team is kind of looking for somebody yeah. that's going to step up and be that spark. And that's when I saw somebody tweet this. I think it was I want to say it was Patrick Creighton, uh, but but just basically saying this is right now. This is the moment he was talking about this during the game. This is the moment where you make the money. Um, and he was talking specifically about about uh, oh. Tank because that's when when you start talking about whether you're going to get that long term deal or not, and how much that long term deal is going to be. Those guys that get that premium dollar long term, they're typically the guys that in those kind of moments make the plays that need to be made that spark the entire yeah. team. We can do this and who, and come and, back. And who got the game ball for the Rams? Whitworth. Well, yeah. he's one of them, yeah. I mean, he got one of their game balls. I mean, and again, I, I say that because I viewed Tank as the leader, and he is, and I would re-sign him in a heartbeat. No all doubt. That. I, I'm just saying, but I could say the same thing to Sean, uh, to Sean Lee, Jalen Smith. Van Der Esch might have played his worst game that we've seen mm-hmm. in a while. I mean, Byron Jones wasn't playing well. That penalty mm-hmm. – Ticky tack penalty, in my opinion, but it, it that to me was probably one of the biggest plays of the game. I agree with that. That was a huge play. Thirteen to seven. You're about to finally force them to punt, and next thing you know, two plays, it's twenty to seven. That changed everything. That uh, the, the Earl Thomas conversation. This this I want to write about this this week, but it's always tricky because everybody wants to know what's next, and I'm like sitting there like, yeah, making some great points about Earl, and then I'm like, what are you gonna do with Tank? What's going to happen here in a month and a half? You're going to lower his his um, you know average or salary by in a half. Be less. It, we're we're definitely saying he's getting this extension. I would. I, I would. Didn't, I, I didn't ask you that. Yes, I, I think they are. Yes, I okay. think they yeah. are going to sign him to an extension. Will it get done in a timely manner? And that is important because the which, I mean they're going to tag him. They have to unless they're going to get an extension done between now and February, whatever. I think the they deadline will. to tag. Is February probably mid February? The odd I've never seen an extension get done that quickly after a season. Not for this team. unless they already had it done. I think they will, yeah. but that's true. It, which it, it's totally possible. It's so, and that I, my point is just that there's so many dominoes that have to fall into place before I can even think about signing an Earl Thomas or anybody else for that. Matter. And if they go to they have a ton of room though, I if mean, they, they got to, a lot of money to be able to spend. If they go to Demarcus and say, "Listen, we're gonna get, we want to sign you. Let's be fair. Let's get this thing done. But we need you to get this thing done so we can do other things and sign other people." I think he would do that. And as long as it's not completely unfair, I mean, he'll 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 make it fair, but he'll do it in a timely manner so they can go do things. He's a team guy, hundred percent. Do you think it hurts him at all um, that his numbers weren't as high as they were last year? Number one, and number two, that when it came to the playoff game, at least this one against the Rams, it didn't that he it didn't, didn't play. hurt the All Pro voters from making him a second team All Pro, right? I get all that. I'm just saying, do you think People that? But you know, negotiate. You know how negotiations go, right? That's, yeah. I, do you think that affects the negotiations? Kind with, all, of. with all due respect to both of y'all, I think y'all are kind of trying to gloss this thing over and i'm not convinced that it's going to be that easy because when you say when you say not that easy you're saying that you think there's a chance that they franchise him and they go into next year with him franchised or or i mean they might they absolutely might franchise him with the intention of signing him later this year and maybe demarcus says 
screw you guys. I like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not coming in. I'm not going to make this easy on you. Like I did last year. Like it could be a dead situation where the deal ultimately gets done, but we don't see DeMarcus Lawrence until August. I, I, and I don't, I don't know anything, but you know, we, you just outlined it perfectly. He's got these stats. He's got these all pro votes. He's got this and that. He's also got a no show in a playoff game. Right. And well, you didn't do anything down the second half of no, the season. It's not as clear so cut as, yeah. I but. wonder when the, when the two sides eventually sit down, how close are they really? But, and how much money is DeMarcus asking for? But here's the deal. If you just if you just franchise him again, let's say he goes and signs it again, now it's going to be $20 million. $20 million for the, for him. That At least. Like, that That doesn't... That's not years, practical. How many years did the Rams uh, franchise Donald? Was it three before they finally did a deal, or was it just two? I don't remember off the I know top it was more of my than head. one. I think it was two. I think he started holding out after the... Are you sure... 14, 15, so. 16, 17. I don't think I, I think, think I think they they tried. This was the second year. I they don't think they on. even franchised him at all because he was a 14 pick. So 14, 15, 16, 17. This would have been his fifth season, which is covered under his rookie deal. I don't think they franchised. Him. He was just holding out because because he, he was like, I'm playing like a stud and I want better money than that. So he's only franchised which, once. Case in point. Zeke. Zeke Elliott could do something similar. Like that's there's a lot of stuff. I mean, this team is set up really well. But the question does come back to the the last taste that they had. Sure, didn't necessarily forty seven yards doesn't necessarily inspire you to say you need a deal right now. Yeah, but do I you mean, look? Do you really just focus on that last when you're game? negotiating? Yes, absolutely. Just on that last. No, game. no, no. I'm not saying just, but it becomes a part of the negotiation. You, that's the way it the does. But you work. look at it as an overall too. You're you're, you're speaking from a standpoint of. Of what the sane argument is, if you're if you're not on one side or the other, if you're on one side or the other, you take whatever is an advantage for you in a negotiation, and that's what you harp on. So I'm sure the Cowboys would be, if they were in that type of conversation, they would say, "Hey, man, we just don't know if if we're ready to spend that kind of money. We haven't seen the consistency in the playoffs that helps us get there, right? How about that's how you uh, negotiate? How about the single most underpaid player in the NFL right now, Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott. That's an it's, interesting one. Lot if, of, I was, lot if I was going to be watch this, and if I was going to be going that one is to very I had to get somebody paid early, then you probably think it may be your quarterback. Lot to talk about this. All right, we appreciate. Hey, you guys real quick us. before yeah. we say bye, I have someone asking on Twitter, "What's our schedule going to be like for the show?" Now we will let you guys know. There's basically for the rest of this week, each show will do one more show. This week, we'll let you know what day it's going to be, and then starting next year, next week, we'll go into our off-season schedule, which will be uh, one podcast per day. Um, every show will do one show each week. So we will be, let's say, for example, on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever it is. But we'll give you that schedule. We'll put it out here in the coming days. We'll be able to let you guys know, and, uh, and then we'll be back. All right, Till then, for Nick Eben, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!